Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we gather here and in our homes and around the world, we pray that you would speak to us by your word. For it is by your word that we find encouragement for each day. It's in your word that we are reminded of your incredible love and grace and mercy. And so, Lord, turn our hearts to your word that we might remember your presence in our lives each and every day, especially during difficult and challenging and troubling times, but even when times are good. Father, be with us this morning as we pray together in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. In the last line of our epistle reading this day, St. Paul writes, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I've heard all sorts of people say over the last few weeks that they can't wait until 2020 is behind them, that it's been an absolutely, well, I've heard any number of adjectives to describe it. Let's just say, bad year. And every time I hear that, I think to myself, is it the change of the calendar, simply flipping the page from one year to the next? Uh, is it simply saying, Happy New Year, that somehow delivers us from a bad year to a good year? There are no guarantees that 2021 is going to be any better. It might be. It might also be worse by our perspective. You see, we need to step back for a moment and we need to take a look at God's word. And we need to understand in his word that there is encouragement not only for the good times, but also for the challenging times and the struggling times. Because you see, God in his word encourages us and reminds us of exactly who he is. He is a God who comes to us as a creator. And he's still active in our creation today. He didn't just set things in motion and run off for a multi-year vacation. He's active. And he's working in our lives each and every day. Sometimes in ways that we can't see. Sometimes in ways that we see but we'd rather ignore. And sometimes in very forward ways. But in all of it, he is there to encourage us, sometimes to rebuke us for the way that we live apart from him, but there also to encourage us. We're getting ready to move from this season of Pentecost into the season of Advent, a season of, of, of preparation for the time when we remember indeed that, that God is with us. That Jesus Christ was born into this world and that he walked among us. And even after he ascended into heaven, he is still with us in his presence because of his promises, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. 
And he's a God who works in our lives. He's active, and whether we understand it or not or see it or not, he's active working through the hands of doctors and nurses and medical people to bring healing physically to us. But he also works through the power of the word to bring us forgiveness and grace and mercy. Because the true healing that our world needs, especially in these troubling times, is that healing from the disease that impacts everybody. And that is sin. Try as we might, and I've said it before, there is no vaccine for that ill disease. The only cure comes through Jesus Christ. And as Harry and Stinky were reminding us, it is during these troubled and challenging times that we need to be sharing the love of Jesus Christ with each other. Because he wants to call all people to him, all people to him in a righteous relationship with him, a forgiven relationship with him. And so often in our lives today, people put that off. We see that in the parable of, a, of the ten virgins this morning, that parable that Jesus tells in our gospel lesson where five of them go and they're ready to meet the bridegroom and they have plenty of oil with them to last them until the bridegroom comes. But five of them are ill-prepared. It's a lot like a our attitude in this world today. I know Jesus. I'm okay with him. I don't need to replenish my oil supply. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be in the word. I don't need to be in Bible study. I don't even need to be living my life for him. But, but I know Jesus. And when he comes, and people rush madly, It'll be just like the days of Noah when he went into the ark with his family and God closed the doors and it began raining and all of a sudden the doubters began to pound on the door saying, let us in. And God says, truly I say to you, I do not know you. You see, not only is God a righteous God, not only does God want us to be in a righteous relationship with him, but God is also a God of justice. And God's justice is good, and we don't always think about it that way. But it's kind of like when you're a little kid, and you get into trouble, and one of your parents wants to spank you. That probably doesn't happen anymore, right? Tatum. And, and they might say something like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And you're thinking, really? And God's justice can hurt. But I got to believe it does hurt God more than it hurts us at times. But God's justice is designed, and the reason God's justice is good is because God wants people to wake up. God wants people to have that relationship with him, to know who he is. 
and to be active in their lives in living for Christ. Our Old Testament lesson talks about the whole idea of people being religious, of of people doing, quote-unquote, all of the right things, gathering in their solemn assemblies and, and offering burnt offerings and grain offerings and fattened animals, singing songs and making melody. But God says, I take no delight in it. I will not listen, but I will let my justice roll down like waters. In other words, he knows the heart of his people. They're going through all the motions, but they're not living it. They're not believing it. See, our faith should be an active faith. A faith that we draw upon each and every day. A faith that sustains us even in dark times and troubling times. A faith that reminds us that our God is a God who grants to us blessings each and every day. A God who is there to encourage us, who pick us up and carry us when the road is rough. And the times are hard. A God who brings his healing to our lives and hopefully and prayerfully to our world. Our nation has just weathered a tumultuous time and I'm thinking that's probably not over with this whole election process. People ask me, what do you think about it? And my response has been the same for the last few days. The sun came up today. And Christ still reigns. See, it doesn't matter whether you rejoice at an election or whether you're disappointed in an election. That's not where our hope is. That's not even where our joy is. And it's certainly not where our salvation is. And yet so many live in their attitude and in their stress level and in their anxiety as if that's the end all and be all of all things. Even Christians lose sight of who we are. We're just strangers and sojourners and travelers in this world. But as I said time and time again, our God is in charge. Our God reigns and he is a God of hope. It's to him that we look. And it's in him that we trust each and every day. We walk in his paths, where he takes us and where he guides us to minister to people and to take care of people and to reach out to them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in his encouraging words, we find that hope, not just for this world, but a hope that carries us to eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. As time passes, we need to remember that all time, 
whether we measure it in our human ways by years or days or months or moments, that all time belongs to God. And he's the one who reminds us in the fullness of time he sent forth his son. And in the fullness of time he works his word in our hearts and our lives, calling us to faith in the waters of baptism and calling us to live that faith every day. You see, in reality it's not Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Republicans or Democrats who are in control. It's not me. It's not you. God is in control all the time. And God is the one that we look to. I see people dancing and rejoicing in the streets after an election. Where are God's people? We ought to be dancing and rejoicing in the streets when Christmas is celebrated, when the resurrection happens. We ought to be dancing and celebrating in the streets that we have a God who is above all things, who is all-powerful and almighty. And a God in this midst of these troubled times that brings peace to our hearts and peace to our lives. When you're in the arms of God, when you're focused on him and his words, you can take those deep breaths and relax and let go and unwind. As the psalmist reminds us, be still. And know that I am God. Be still. And know that I carry all things in my hands. Be still. And know that with my hands outstretched on a cross, I shed my blood to redeem the sins of the whole world. Be still. And call upon my name, for there is no other name under heaven by which you are saved than by the name of Jesus. Know my peace and know my joy. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.